0: Well, hello and welcome back to the Masterbooks Podcast. I have such a good show for you today. We have a brand new book coming out that, well, actually, it's out, Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education. Coach John Stamper, who you've met here on the podcast before, he takes care of all of our PE courses over on Masterbooks Academy. He has a geocaching course there and a strength condition strength and conditioning course there. So today we're introducing his brand new book, Conflicted. He was once a public school teacher, had to leave the public school system because of his Christian values. He could no longer work there and teach the things they were asking him to teach. So he has been very bold and brave and written a book about it so that you would know what's really happening behind the scenes. And you would be able to tell your friends who are teachers and parents of public school students. So stay tuned, we're gonna have a great show. Welcome to the Masterbooks podcast, where we bring you conversations that will strengthen your biblical worldview and the faith of your family. I'm Jennifer White, publicist at Masterbooks, a division of New League Publishing Group. As host of this show, I'll be opening the doors to the Masterbooks family library of books, authors, and curriculum. For over 45 years, our company has been about one thing, ink on paper to touch eternity. In a world increasingly at war with God, we are publishing to partner with you to disciple your family, the church, and the nations. So Coach Stamper is here with me today. Coach, thanks so much for joining the podcast again. We love having you on the show.
1: Hi, Jennifer. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we're excited to talk about your brand new book. And hey, everybody, I'm going to give away a copy. So just comment in the uh, Moms of Masterbooks Facebook group as well as the Masterbooks app. Tell us what you learned that you did not know from this interview. And we will give one copy away in each platform one in the Moms of Masterbooks Facebook group, one in the Masterbooks app. So listen closely. Coach Stamber has a lot to share with us. He has taken a very big, Very brave risk in writing this book to expose some of the dark things that are happening in public education. So, Coach Stamper, what do you hope to accomplish with a book like Conflicted?
1: Uh, Thank you for the question. I hope to sound an alarm to teachers and parents to kind of help them see the prevalence and the significance of the ideologies in schools. Um, I also just want to provide information uh, for teachers and parents just to help them make their decisions, whether it be career choices or just how to go about educating their children. Um, I think from my experience, I think there are a lot of teachers uh, who are facing a conflict of values like I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so many parents that I've talked to over the last few years are shocked when I tell them about my experience and you know some of the things that are happening around school. So for homeschoolers, hopefully it's just an encouragement and it reminds them of, you know, why they're homeschooling to begin with. Right. And also as a as a former homeschooler and former public school teacher, I feel like I have a unique perspective because I can kind of relate to both of those groups.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You spent a lot of time being trained to become a professional teacher and a coach and spent a lot of your life dedicated to bringing truth and light and love and education to those students. And then you were faced with this major conflict with your Christian morals and values and what you were being forced to teach. So tell us about the destructive ideologies that you were being trained to then teach the students. And then what, what, how do you feel these ideologies put you at risk and put the students at risk?
1: Sure. So kind of the big picture is in my book, I talk a lot about marxism socialism or communism but most of what i experienced came through mandatory teacher trainings Mm -hmm. Um, the rest was kind of through special school programs Uh, so i'll give a few examples the implementation of critical race theory we saw that in uh, teacher trainings um when we were presented with intersecting identities there's a graphic on intersecting identities i'll go into some detail there um Training on gender theory, how Mm -hmm. to gender theory and everything that it entails. And then the promotion of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, So with critical race theory, everything is presented as fact, not Mm -hmm. theory. Everything is fact. This is the truth. Um, And it's seen through a racial lens. So everything always comes back to race. And it's always that white people are the oppressors. Uh, So this is where we get the concept of white privilege.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's a Marxist tactic where they divide people, oppressor versus the oppressed. Um, so to demonstrate this in our training, we were presented with an intersecting identities graphic. So uh, this graphic is two circles. Uh, there's one circle inside the other. Mm-hmm. The inner circle lists all of the marginalized identities okay. and the outer circle lists all of the privileged identities. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that everybody, no matter who you are, you have various identities and wherever two of these identities meet, you have an intersecting identity. So I'll give you a few examples. Um, For example, if if you're a Christian Mm -hmm. and if you do not have a disability, then according to this graphic, you are also emotionally abusive to non Christians and emotionally abusive to disabled people.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: People with disabilities, uh, and this is directly from the training. This is mm-hmm. word for word. This is these are not my words or not mm-hmm. even my thoughts. Um, one more example is if you are a male, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're a child or an adult, and you're what they call cisgender. So, if you don't know, cisgender means that you identify with the sex you were born. So oh. if you're born a man. You're still a man. That's cisgender or born a woman. You're still a woman. So if you're a male and you're still a male, then you're also intimidating and you're threatening their words to girls, to women and transgender individuals. So here I am at the training and I'm emotionally abusive. I'm threatening. I'm mm-hmm. intimidating. And we're not even halfway through the graphic yet. Right. So all it does is it divides people. You know, it, it, it puts classmates as enemies, <clears throat> colleagues as enemies, um, and it's done under the guise or under the umbrella of diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, that's the Trojan horse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're seeing the fruits of this all around the country. You know, all the time I'm reading about schools, um, you know, they have clubs called, you know, the Students of Color Affinity club or even teacher events where white people are excluded. They're not invited. Okay. Because the idea is that white people make people feel uneasy and mm-hmm. this needs to be a safe space. So it's just sowing hate. It's creating a divided and segregated society. Yes. Um, and that's just critical race theory. Uh, then we move on to gender theory. Uh-huh. Um, a large bulk of the training was on gender theory. Which is also presented as fact, not Mm. as theory. Uh, We were trained to use preferred pronouns, teach various gender identities, Mm -hmm. always, always affirm transgender students in school. Mm -hmm. Um, Kindergarten teachers were given the trans or the gender unicorn, which is a friendly character like Barney. Right. Kindergartners about gender identity. Yes. Uh, The school celebrated Pride Week. Teachers were given pride flags and trans flags to put on their door. Uh, Staff and students were given LGBTQ pins to wear during the school week. And we were told in our training how in our own school district, there were teachers keeping students' transgender identity a secret from their parents so the students could feel safe at school, which is not only lying to the student, Mm -hmm. But you're lying to and completely undermining the parents,
0: the parents.
1: This was presented in our training. Like this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is common practice. Um, Then the Black Lives Matter movement was heavily promoted in school flags in the classrooms, the logo on school materials. Mm -hmm. And remember that the Black Lives Matter group was founded by Marxists who said that they wanted to disrupt. The Western prescribed nuclear family. They want to disrupt that. So now Black Lives Matter creates curriculum and special school programs like their week of action where students, you know, can identify their own levels of privilege. So but, you know, contrast all of that, all of those things I just talked about, contrast that with biblical Christianity. Right. Right. The only identity that matters in the Bible is that I'm in Christ right? I'm a child Mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. You're a child of God. Mm -hmm. I no longer live, but he lives in me, right? John the Baptist said, I must decrease that he might increase, Mm -hmm. right? That's my identity. And you know, that brings unity. doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like. And that's beautiful. There's no division there. It's unity. So I go into a lot, (laughs) I go into a lot more detail in my book about all those topics, but, Mm -hmm. um, Those are the major ideologies that I experienced personally when I was teaching.
0: Right. And so in your book, you're exposing that that's what you were being taught to teach. And you are giving your own personal experience in conflicted, pulling back the curtain on public education. Not to say every school is teaching this all around the world, but to know that it is happening. It could happen in someone's school, it likely could be happening and not, and you wouldn't know it unless someone exposed it.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I'm in right now, what would be my 15th year of teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, My first 13 were mostly public schools, some private, but um, before coming to Chicago public schools, I loved my job. I had a great school, great principal, mm-hmm. never experienced anything that we're talking about. Um, so certainly I'm not talking about every school, but these are, like I said, at the beginning, I just want to present information, um, kind of sound an alarm that, Hey, if you haven't experienced this, it may be coming down the pipeline. Um, so just kind of be prepared.
0: Absolutely. And the fact that they're teaching it as fact, not as a, here's one theory. Here's another theory. Your grandparents were taught this theory. Now you get this new theory to go side by side. No, it's just. Here yeah. is the fact.
1: Yeah, those, that's the two big things about it is <clears throat> they're teaching theory as fact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they're keeping parents out of it. They're hiding things from parents. Those are the two big things. Personally, I'll talk about anything. Uh, there's no topic that we can't talk about. But parents should have the say on when and where those topics are discussed, like mm-hmm. sexuality. You know, There's a time and a place in a person's life where we're going to talk about those things. Um, but parents should have to say on those sensitive topics. That's, that's really my thrust or my, you know, my, my main thrust there.
0: Right. And you were being told to teach these things to even five and six year olds, right?
1: Absolutely. Kindergarten.
0: Yeah. That's just mind blowing. I'm so thankful that you have been courageous enough to expose what you have experienced. So people will wake up. It reminds me of, um, Isaiah 52, the first couple of verses, my own paraphrase, wake up, wake up and clothe yourself with strength. No longer put on your beautiful salvation garments and no longer let the wicked enter your gates. Right. You know, just wake up to the truth. And that's what your book is doing is helping us wake up to the godless ideologies that are presented as as fact. And so one of the questions um, that I had for you is like, how is this putting you at risk and how is it putting the student at risk? What, what are the risks you see? I see some, but I'd love to hear them from your perspective.
1: <clears throat> well, from a teacher's perspective, um, I'll give a, a recent example of a teacher in California. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard about it in the news was fired from her school corporation because similar to me, She wasn't going to lie to students and affirm their transgender identity. And she was not going to hide these things from parents. Mm. The school policy said that teachers must use preferred pronouns and, um, you know, that we should be discreet and not tell parents these things. And Mm -hmm. this teacher, which is how I felt, she refused to do that and they fired her. So that's the major risk if you're a teacher. With students, I mean, we just talked about kindergartners. They're the most vulnerable right? Sure. They're the most impressionable, of course, and understood. So the indoctrination that's happening is just praying, you know, on the weakest. It's preying mm-hmm. on these little children. And like we just talked about, it pits them as enemies, right? Yeah, you're either true. in this group or you're in this group and you're enemies. So, and that's from the youngest ages, mm-hmm. from five years old. Uh, so, you know, what, what's it going to look like for those children when they're 15, when they're 20, you know? So it, it's, and then we contrasted that with, you know, the biblical, uh, biblical contrast and how it's so different. So it's dangerous. It's harming. And then, you know, undermining of families. Yes. It's just keeping parents in the dark. So those are the major concerns and dangers for you know teachers and students.
0: Right. Well, when you were talking about the the graphic with the two circles and the intersections, I can see how once that is policy and you've been trained in it then anything that you're accused of here, it is in you know writing and you've attended the training that you are, a, you are already labeled as abusive because yeah. you're this. And then somebody accuses you Then I don't, I don't see how yeah. you're going to get to defend yourself very well with that in place. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't, and it's, it's not even based on your actions or mm-hmm. your content of your character. It's nothing that you've done. You've done. Right. It's just, Presumed about you, it's, right. it's prejudice, right? Yeah, You're prejudging me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this—these are some of the reasons why, you know, I filed the complaint with the school board, and they just said, "Oh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, review this. We're not gonna investigate." Right.
0: They just ignored your complaint.
1: Totally. Yep.
0: So you weren't fired, but you just chose to leave.
1: Right. I chose to resign after uh, that complaint, and. Mm-hmm. So like what I said with that teacher in California being fired, that's, that's a way more intense situation than what I experienced. But right. uh, You know, I would, I would expect if with schools have those kinds of policies, uh, I would expect that to happen a lot more moving forward.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, when I read your book, I was really shocked at the strategies you highlighted that actually have been used in public school systems way back in the darkest days of our history. So, Tell us a little bit about that. Give us a glimpse of what you're sharing in the book about these the days of old that, you know, the world is still in shock by what happened in those days. And today we see some of the same things that are happening, being infiltrated through the school system.
1: Sure. So in my book, and I think this is maybe the most important section of my book, I talk a lot about Marxism, socialism and communism. Um, And so strategies is a good word. But we can identify the content of these ideologies and then mm-hmm. the tactics that were used to implement them. Mm-hmm. But first, remember that Marxism is an atheist ideology and socialism and communism stem from Marxism. Okay. Karl Marx himself said, my objective in life is to uh, dethrone God and destroy capitalism. And Vladimir Lenin said uh, the goal of socialism is communism. All right. So mm-hmm. generally speaking, when, whenever I'm talking about Marxism, I'm usually talking about the disruption or the destruction of systems or establishments like the family. So mm-hmm. that's the content. Uh, one tactic that's used is dividing people into groups, oppressor versus the oppressed. Um, so those are some of the hallmarks of Marxism with socialism. The idea that we see now is that um, children are global citizens. They belong to the village, the community, the school. They don't belong to t- uh, parents anymore. you know. So that's the content. Many schools, for example, are adopting secrecy policies. Oh. Um, for example, a secrecy policy is where a student can change their name, change their gender, their preferred pronouns, and schools don't have to tell the parents, it's secrecy. So those are the tactics used Um, with communism. I think the best way to get perspective and see how deep rooted communism is in our schools and society Mm -hmm. is to look back through history uh, at the rise of communism in the 20th century. We can find parallels between five major regimes um, between them and our own education system. Wow. Uh, I'll give a few examples. And. I think we'll be able to see some parallels as I go. Okay. So the first communist state was the USSR under Vladimir Lenin. Uh, He intentionally made education as political as possible. Lenin said that kindergarten classes were the, quote, sprouts of communism. So today in America, there's a push to expand public school to include three-year-olds. So it's not K-12, it's pre-K to 12. Mm-hmm. The Soviet style of education discarded reading, writing, and arithmetic, not important. And instead, they emphasized a social education that focused on collectivism and playing your role in society. Oh. Um, so revisionism or changing the history started right away. Schools removed old curriculum, mm-hmm. implemented new curriculum, mm-hmm. new history, new teachers, progressive textbooks, all right? So we can start to see some similarities already. Um, In Nazi Germany under Hitler, uh, Hitler's education system focused on sports, history, and racial science. The study of the Bible and religion was removed. Teachers were required to be trained, um, to be trained on how to implement the Nazi ideology in the classroom, Mm -hmm. sounds familiar. Uh, So listen to this quote. This is directly from Hitler. Hitler said, if the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, we shall take their children away from them and rear them as needful to the fatherland. So if you can't get accustomed to us, we're going to take your children and use them however we want. Right. Wow. Um, So similarly, we hear. Uh, you know, today that children need to learn what society needs them to know, not what the parents need them to know, right? There's a big debate on should parents have a say on what's taught in the classroom. And a common pushback is kids need to know what society needs them to know. Um, German students were uh, told to report on their parents, whether they were Nazi sympathizers, which undermined parents, drove a wedge between parent and children. So once the parent and children were separated, those children formed the Hitler Youth, if you've ever heard of that. Um, Communist China, before Mao became the head of the CCP, he was the head of propaganda and he would demonize, discredit and villainize opponents. So they were either labeled as revolutionaries or publicly embarrassed. So get this. In 1967, Mao shut down schools and colleges, closed them up during a cultural revolution to implement new curriculum. So the first thing he did was train teachers and emphasize okay. activism and politics. Okay. starting to sound kind of familiar. Yeah. We're seeing some parallels here. Absolutely. You no, know, not exactly the same, but parallels, similar. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that people may not know about Mao is he was a Marxist from a young age and very anti-family. He viewed families as oppressive toward the lower class. That's something that's actually in that intersecting identities graph Mm -hmm. that oppressive toward the lower class. Um, So he even forced families to eat in cafeterias, and he did that by removing kitchens from homes. Wow. He was trying to break up the family unit, right? Yeah. to force families to just eat in common spaces instead of at home. So as the parents were working, children were forced to be raised in daycares. So the family unit was destroyed. Um, we kind of see this similarly with the Black Lives Matter. Part of their mission statement was to disrupt the Western nuclear family. So we kind of see similarities. Same same goal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a new concept. With Cambodia, Pol Pot and the Cambodian genocide. Uh, he modeled himself after Mao. And if anyone didn't support communism, they were labeled an oppressor. Teachers were rewarded for promoting communism in the class because, you know, politics is more important than academics. Mm-hmm. Um, if a student or teacher questioned the ideology, they were labeled as traitors. They were labeled as corrupt. All right. Uh, finally, with North Korea, the Kim family. Um, maybe the most extreme version of revisionism. Uh, the Kim family basically wiped out all history prior to their reign. hmm. In North Korea, teachers meet with propaganda officers every week, and they're trained on current political trends and how to implement them into the classrooms. Um, you know, most North Koreans live in poverty, but the Kims are kind of taught as their deity, like they are the god, and they blame uh, countries like America, capitalist countries, blame, are blamed for all of the you know poverty in North Korea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the big the big takeaway for me in North Korea is the censorship of language. Language is controlled. For example, the word love and liberty don't exist. So those are things that parents can't pass down to their children, right? So we kind of see some similarities with, you know, first of all, there's no Bible, revisionism or the changing of our history, Mm -hmm. undermining of parents, and then just the division of society. You know, you're either oppressed or you're the oppressor. Um, so I go into more detail in my book, but those are kind of the main parallels or similarities that, you know, we should learn from and that should cause us to change course fast.
0: Right. 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 It is very shocking. And I'm so thankful that you have taken this bold stance to sound the alarm and, and share your own experience so that we can learn from it. What are you hoping you're, you are a former, so based on your experience and your research, what do you encourage parents and teachers of public school students who are reading your book? What, what is the encouragement they're going to take away?
1: Sure. For teachers, it's hard because I, I would just encourage you to really just pray and seek wisdom about what you're going to do. I'm not going to tell you just up and quit your job, but you need to seek God and pray for wisdom. Because for me, I was really conflicted for a long time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know whether I should leave or whether I should stay kind of which battle should I fight? You know? Yeah. Um, So I, I wanted to kind of do both. I wanted to stay, but I wanted to leave. So ultimately I I just prayed and went where God, where I felt God was leading me. Um, But he may have something unique for you. Um, So Mm -hmm. just know you're not alone. Uh, Other people are going through it. So I would just encourage teachers to stand on the truth of God's word um, and just seek him for guidance for parents. Uh, I, I've been saying a lot lately to kind of the parents that I know, parents matter now more than ever. Um, and I just want to encourage you to take a biblical stand in front of your kids Mm -hmm. because it'll pay eternal dividends. Right. That was the case for me. So if you know anything Mm -hmm. about me or you'll read in my book, then I won't ever forget that the number one reason my parents pulled my siblings and me out of public school and homeschooled us. The number one reason was to give us a biblical foundation. Mm -hmm. And to this day, you know, I understand the importance of God's word and that it must take precedence Mm -hmm. uh, over everything else. So parents, you know, what you do matters and the kids will always remember, you know, the reasons why you did what you did.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm so thankful that um, at Masterbooks, we are all about that. Helping parents take that biblical stand, giving a biblical foundation to the lives of their children and this um, generation that is coming and i'm so thankful that you are with us in that helping families do that so for those of you who are homeschool families who are listening to this podcast we encourage you we hope you are encouraged by this and we encourage you to share this information with those who are on the fence about homeschooling or who are just um, not aware maybe too busy to think about these things just This is one person's experience, but he's researched it. There are a lot of people experiencing this. He certainly wasn't the only teacher in that public school system that he was in. You'll learn more about the details of of his experience in his book, which is Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education. It's available at masterbooks.com. It's available and where books are sold. And remember, we're giving away a copy of it. Um, at Moms of Masterbooks Facebook group or the Masterbooks app. You just simply tell us what you learned, why you'd like a copy of the book. And um, you know that I always like to leave our time together with a prayer. And so I've asked Coach John Stamford to pray over you today. And that's how we'll end the show.
1: Right. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Thanks uh, for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Let's yes, go ahead and pray. Okay heavenly father we come to you in the name of jesus and we just want to thank you for the day and we want to thank you for the opportunity and the freedom that we have to come together and talk and discuss these these topics lord we just we want to be closer with you father we want to lift up the name of jesus and we ask lord that we would have a closer walk with you every day lord and and that each individual and each family would come to know you father and that you would help us teach our children and our students lord to teach them of your love for us, Lord, and your, your mercy and your goodness. And, Lord, we know that each individual and family out there listening right now has unique needs, Father, and a unique call on their life. So, Lord, we just ask that you would provide wisdom, Father, and that you would guide and protect each person and each family, Lord, as, as they desire to honor you with their life, Father, and as, as you know they desire to share the gospel with others, Father. So we ask you to bless us, Lord, individually, as a family, you know, and corporately, Father, just bless the work, Lord, that you have for us. And uh, we we thank you, Lord. We love you. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. And yes. everybody said?
0: Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you so much, Coach Stamper, for joining the podcast today. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back again next Monday, and we hope to see you there. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining the Masterbooks podcast. This was fun, and we are really glad you were with us. We invite you to check out masterbooks.com. We have a big library of books that will feed the faith of your family. And hey, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.